journey. It's time to talk with Liz and Peter. So this morning over coffee, I just wanted to ask you some questions about therapy. Okay. When was the first time you went to therapy? I was 16. And you were going to therapy as a 16 year old. Was that your choice? Was that your parents' choice? Did, did you have like a school administrator reach out and be like, this girl, she got ghosts in her blood. So my mom is Kenyan and she's also a nurse. My mom, the way she was raised, there was a focus on survival, more so than what's going on inside of you, right? Your internal experience. Um, so she didn't have personal experience, like knowing how to relate to a really sensitive teenage daughter, but she was a nurse. So she attributed a lot of, like I was a really sensitive child, but she attributed a lot of it to like, oh, this is like my daughter's stage in life. She's going through puberty. Like it makes sense. She's hormonal. But what was actually going on was like I was exhibiting symptoms of depression and I recognized this um, like around 15, 16 and I was like Googling like clinical depression. And basically I found a bunch of information, printed it off, took it to my mom about teens with depression mm-hmm. and gave her this printout and was like, mom, I want to go to therapy. Um, I think we need to find a psychologist and I think I need to talk to someone because I'm depressed. And my mom was kind of like, you know, incredulous because in her mind, she's since explained this to me. Mm-hmm. In her mind, she was like, you know, I've provided for my daughter. She has a better life than I've ever had. What does she have to be depressed about? Like, why is she depressed? All of her needs are met. She's loved. And for me, I had witnessed, like, domestic violence in our home before, but my mom didn't realize that that would have such a profound impact on me. So I went to therapy, like, because I had internalized a lot of that. Trauma? Yeah, it felt like pain, but yeah, it was trauma. Um, And it was causing depression, so I'm the one that sought out help. Wow, very proactive 16-year-old. Thank you. Yeah. So 16, you come into contact with it. Is it something that you kept up with like consistently since then? Or like, did you take breaks? I know it's kind of pricey, so you know, taking a break due to financial reasons is not the most uncommon thing. It's actually super common. So what about, like, did you, are you a regular? As a teen, I saw the same therapist. She was a clinical psychologist, and I saw her very regularly through high school up until I graduated. So for about two years, I saw her on a very regular basis. My mom was paying for treatment. Mm -hmm. She helped me immensely, and I processed a lot of anger and stuff. So then at that point, you're 18. At that point, I went to college. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was initially seeing anyone in college. I did really well in school for a couple of years, and then my uh, boyfriend at the time and I broke up and we had been dating for eight years so I started to struggle again and at that point I think I sought help again from my previous therapist in Wichita Mm -hmm. and I got a little bit of help but I was kind of a wreck so I wasn't in a good place to be on the receiving end of help um 
Well, and you were also seeking help from somebody who was like two and a half hours away by car. Yeah. You weren't really like able to see them, see them. Right. And I ended up having like a hard time in college after that. Um, It took me some time to graduate. So I think the next time I started regularly seeing someone, I was like a young adult living in Lawrence, Kansas. And I. So like 22, 23. Yeah, I started seeing like a therapist because I think I was just like having a hard time again with, oh yeah, I had really bad depression again. And this was like, while I wasn't, I was taking a break from college. I hadn't even graduated. It was taking me like six or seven years to graduate. So yeah, I went back to therapy. He was a licensed counselor. He helped me for a few, like three years or so. I went as far as I could with him. And after a while, I felt like I just wasn't being served any longer like I wasn't you'd made all the progress you could made make with, with that him yeah um because I think a lot of my issues started to stem that they were from like my childhood and he was more present focused like mm-hmm. what's going on today um so we did all the work we could together and I actually referred some other people to him who still see him today mm-hmm. but we him and I had done all the work we could do so then I didn't I graduated college and went on to grad school and that's where I am now in life and I'm in therapy again. I started therapy around the same time I started grad school. Which was like a year-ish? Yep, almost exactly a year ago. In your experience, is it pretty safe to say that therapy and like mental health care has done good things for you, like has been a net positive experience overall? Yes. Therapy is a tool that I use when I am struggling and it feels like something I can always go back to, something I can always turn to mm-hmm. during times when my own internal resources are insufficient. Also during times where I would just like to grow as a person, but I haven't always been able to afford therapy just because I wanted to grow. Mm-hmm. It's always become like financially since I've been an adult, it's been more of a thing of like I go when I really need to because paying for it, like you said, is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And now you are becoming the therapist. Now I'm becoming the therapist, yes. You are the captain now. (laughs) Yes. Well, almost. Almost. Getting there. Student captain. You're like first mate at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So one thing that I've always wondered is how do you, if you've never done therapy before, how do you find a therapist? How do you know what makes a good one just based on the information you have access to? Internet, phone, word of mouth, yada yada. Honestly... Just Googling therapist and your city and state is the easiest way to do it. Normally what's going to come up is Psychology Today's website, which will have a list of them, of like basically all of the therapists and counselors and licensed clinical social workers, all of them in your area. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know what the different acronyms are or the different like licensures and Mm -hmm. things, um, certifications. It all just looks like the same thing. So for the average person, I would just say going through and filtering it based on if you're looking for anything specific, a certain focus or specialty or a certain gender of person or someone that focuses on certain topics like trauma or eating disorders or depression, mood disorders, things like that. But Otherwise, I would say just reading the bios to see how they introduce themselves. But what I've found to be really key is going to their website 
and checking that out also and just seeing how easy is it to be in contact with this person because the onus is really on the consumer to reach out to this therapist and most people most I, I would say a lot of therapists who don't have like receptionists who are in like private practice they do their own scheduling so you kind of have to just email them and wait for them to get mm -hmm. back to you which can take days and it's a really frustrating process to be honest because a lot of people do phone intakes as well so it's like you have to wait for them to email you back then you have to set up a time to talk on the phone most people are searching for a therapist and googling this during their times of like greatest Crisis. despair mm -hmm. yeah like when you're at your lowest you don't want to send an email you don't want to wait for a response like by the time you get the response you may not be in the like same place you were in when you initially sent it out mm -hmm. so someone who's really responsive is like the first thing i look for but i typically would suggest emailing at least five people from the get-go if they have their phone numbers listed i would call them as well mm -hmm. so mo on psychology today they typically have phone numbers and emails listed so i would do both and check out their websites just seeing basically seeing what their specialties are um, reading their bios on the Psychology Today profile and um, going to their website. So to set someone with reasonable expectations, you should probably think you're going to spend five to ten hours over a week or so finding a good, like finding your, like a good candidate for your therapist. I would say like solid three hours. Solid three hours? Over what amount of time? Like a couple days? Like best like case scenario you find sitting. somebody? Yeah, okay. Like scrolling through all those profiles like mm -hmm. seeing who looks nice like in their picture then going to their bios and the website maybe you're looking at like 20 or 30 different people before you get bored of scrolling through them uh -huh. all and then you have to like narrow it down to like five or so to email and call and or maybe 10 you know who knows with the expectation that maybe only like a couple like a few of them are going to respond quickly but i would I would say that thing that makes finding a therapist different than finding like a doctor or a dentist is that not just anyone can do the job for you. It has to be a good fit. Like you have to jive with the way they do things and vice versa. Like it just kind of has to flow. It's kind of like making friends where you're not just going to be close with everyone you meet. Even if you like everyone, there needs to be a connection. And I think mm -hmm. therapy is the same way oftentimes. So like I would go into that those first that first appointment with the expectation that maybe the first one, two, three, maybe even four therapists you see aren't going to be the best fit. Um, you might get lucky and find a good one on the first try or the second try. But um, even when I went to my first therapist at, as a teenager, I went to two offices before I found someone I connected with. Mm -hmm. I think I just intuitively knew that the process would take a while, so I didn't get frustrated. But most people don't know that, and they just think, oh, therapy's not for me. It doesn't work for me. I'm just not a therapy person. Because they had, like, a bad experience or, like, yeah. a unsatisfying and unsatisfying experience. Or two bad experiences uh -huh. or three. <laughs> but yeah. no, nothing's wrong with you. It's just like making friends. You haven't met the right person yet. Which, again, when you're in despair or crisis, that is not what you want to hear. But unfortunately, finding a therapist is really that hard. It seems like the kind of thing that you might want to do even if you don't have a crisis currently going on you know honestly that in my perfect world yeah everyone would have a therapist on deck just for when when you're ready yeah like when things go that. down 
Kind of like with us, you and I are in couples therapy that we do just for- Whenever something comes up, really. Exactly, like it's kind of great to have someone that we just kind of have on standby and if we ever have like a major life change or anything going on, we know that's a resource we can reach out to, Mm -hmm. even if we don't need it for constant maintenance or anything. Yeah, cool. Um, So is there anything else, kind of like basics of therapy is what I was kind of going for? with this one is there anything because we've talked about like your personal journey you know if someone's never been to therapy before how they find the right therapist for them uh you know for someone who's coming at this you know cold water trying to get it boiling in terms of no therapy to go therapy is there anything else that you think's essential honestly there's a podcast i listen to called stuck not broken and it's a it's, it used to be called the Polyvagal Podcast, and the hosts have um, a little mini-series of episodes called Bad Therapy, and the first episode of the mini-series is called Basic Therapy, and they detail for like a long episode talking about what you should look for in a therapist, and then they have, it's like a mini-series, so like three episodes on bad therapy or like um, listener examples of like their horror stories essentially of therapists Mm. and therapy experiences and between the basic therapy episode and the bad therapy episodes they really go over in great detail um, what you should be expecting if you've never done therapy before and what you should be on the lookout for as far as like a practitioner who's not ethical or not like doing therapy the way it should be done And this is not necessarily to scare people off, but it's so you kind of like have informed consent. It's so you know what your rights are and what you should be expecting as a client. And that way when you're receiving less than adequate care, you're aware of that and you can make informed decisions to see someone else. Like you said earlier, it's just as important of a decision as choosing a doctor or a dentist or, you know, what midwife. You know, it's just as as important as any of those relationships, if not more so, because, you know, save for midwife when you're pregnant, you're probably spending more time with your therapist than your general practitioner or your dentist or anybody like that. Totally. 